Hey guys, my name's Kieran, and you're listening to the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Keep up the good work, guys. Hey travelers, we recommend you watch this episode on the Paranormal Network's YouTube channel. This episode has a presentation on a fascinating subject with visuals to make the experience much better. And if you choose to just listen, know that you will mess out on some critical parts of this episode. But for now, let's jump back into the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Welcome back to the Infinite Rabbit Hole. I am your host tonight, Jeff. We got something a little different for everybody, something super exciting. I'm actually super excited about this. We have an awesome guest, which we'll get to in just a minute. Uh, Before we get into it, though, of course, as always, we're going to bring in the other clowns of the show. And this time, we're going to start ladies first. Kid, what is up? How are you? You're rude. I'm not a clown. <laughs> Just a Canadian. <laughs> Listen, I usually um, get the short end of the stick, so I'm dishing it out this time. Fair, fair. But but you know what? Never mind. Never mind. Canadian did nothing here, okay? Okay. Okay. Love Fine. you. Love you too. Sorry. <laughs> I take it back. Anyways, on to the next one. Jake, what is up, my friend? How you doing? What's up, man? Just uh, just got home from work, rode the bike today. It's very, very nice weather over here in SoCal. So, yeah, just having a just having a great day and ready to get into this. I'm I'm excited. That's good. I'm glad you enjoy your bike rides. For sure. I hope you have training wheels. No. I don't know. It took you a long time to answer. <laughs> okay, so now we got Jeremy. I left Jeremy last this time just because Jeremy's always the one introducing us. So... You know, I figured we'd put him in the back of the bus today. And uh, Jeremy, what's up? That's what a cool kid said, dude. Uh, I guess. I dig the shirt, by the way. You like it? Yeah. I got a lot of compliments on this today. Are you all caught up? No, not even close. Dude, let me spoil it for you. I'm (laughs) three seasons behind. That's how I'm not caught up. What? Yeah. (laughs) How, How are you... Never mind. I don't know. Because it was care. like nine bucks at Walmart. And I was like, all right, I'll get it. I'll look like one of the cool kids <laughs> trending, you know? So that's what but I But you do watch it, right? Uh, not since the first season. Really? Man, so you here's could the binge thing. the whole thing in a weekend. So get to it. Oh, I, yeah. I know the truths of where it originated from. I know this the backstory of why they even did a Stranger Things, right? So oh, I don't dude, have to watch the show. There's so much there. There's the Philadelphia project. There are the uh, the Philadelphia experiment, the the Montauk projects. Uh, there's a little bit of everything there. It's it's such a good show, in, in my opinion. I, I I love that. I love Stranger Things. Good 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 stuff. I might watch hey, it one day. You should. Jeremy literally doesn't watch anything, so this is shocking to me. <laughs> I'm very surprised. I read everything. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. So on to the star of the evening tonight. This uh we got Matt from the Great Deception Podcast. Matt is somebody who I have talked to many and many a times. He's had me on his show multiple times. He's come on, on the Shadow Band podcast before. 
And uh, Matt's going to probably blow our minds tonight because this kind of stuff is super interesting, at least to me. So if you guys don't like it, sucks for you. I'm going to enjoy the night. But Matt, what is up, brother? It's good to see you. How you doing, man? Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Hey, Absolutely. man. I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Yeah, I got some fun stuff. Not not many people. I don't. I don't. I hadn't heard of Star Forts right until probably a little over a year ago. And uh, so I started looking into them, and I'm like, "Wow, these things are crazy!" And then you start seeing them all over the world. And then I was like, "Okay, this is cool." And and so a year later, I'm up to like, I don't know. I think like a hundred page PowerPoint that I've collected along the way from different works and stuff we've put together. So. It's wild. You know, it's one of those things where, listen, if you got a closed mind, you're probably not going to like this podcast because you have to have an open mind. You have to, you know, be a little flexible here and do do some thinking, you know, because it's always not what it seems on the surface. And that and that's where we're going to go tonight. Right on. See, I'm I'm digging this because the the watchers over at the paranormal network and if if you're not watching this this particular episode on the paranormal network you're going to be doing yourself a disservice today uh because matt has brought a a lot of visuals for us and the the people watching us on the paranormal network are going to get all the really good stuff that he has to share with us um but this is the first time that the paranormal network uh fans are are seeing us step outside of the realm of the paranormal um and you know, Jeff does a conspiracy based podcast. I, I, I don't know exactly what to expect from you today, Matt. Uh, I've, I've seen the topic and that's it. Um, so I'm, I'm not, I have no research done or nothing. You're catching me. I'm a blank sheet for you, man. And, uh, I'm very excited to kind of show, uh, kind of, kind of stretch our legs a little bit here on the paranormal network. Cause it's been a while since we've done anything not paranormal uh, because we wanted to kind of start off with our, with the paranormal foot forward, if you will, uh, on the paranormal network. Um, so thank you for coming on today and, and uh, doing this for us. I really do appreciate this. Yeah, my pleasure. And it, and it does get into, I mean, <clears throat> this isn't going to involve Bigfoot, right? But from a paranormal standpoint, we're, we're going to talk auras, we're going to talk um, frequencies, we're going to talk some things that are, you know, some say supernatural, right? So, right yeah. uh, and, and even the creation of Star Force, we're going to get into a little, uh, little Roman gods, uh, and, and things like that. So it, this, this topic kind of goes all over the realm. And, and, and so far, just about anyone that listens is, is kind of intrigued because it's one of those that's out there and, and it's not something you're really going to learn in a textbook. So e- even more, you know, it, it, it's fun. I appreciate yeah. it. And uh, one thing that we try to do every single episode is get Bigfoot mentioned at least once every episode. And Matt, uh, you're starting off great, man. Yeah, Box, <laughs> already got it yeah i like to it, this is just my uh perception of kind of like the stuff that matt talks about now matt's done a lot of different stuff on his show right he, he's not like one train type guy but like when i talk to matt or when i look at matt's list to go listen to an episode like i kind of put matt in the hidden history category you know he's got a lot of information about just to boil it down like hidden history or lost history or or 
different history stuff. So, you know, whether we're talking about mud floods or World Fair or like the Star Ford stuff, you know, it's it's not what we were taught. This is like a whole different way of looking at what his story was, right? History. So that's kind of where I put Matt in my mind. I don't know if I've ever told you that, Matt, but that's that's how I see you, bud. I see you as the hidden history guy. He's the golden I child. appreciate it. it. It kills me in the rankings, though, man. My 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 uh, my metrics don't quite measure up in the history <laughs> category. But hey, uh, I, I, yeah, that's what I say. I, I just deem it alternate history, right? There's there's the mainstream story that you get from the books and that you're fed in the education system, which I deem his story. And then there's our story, which is, you know, our version of it, because every story has multiple versions of it. So uh, and, and, you know, as we've seen that they tend to have an agenda sometimes to lead us to look one direction or, or, or get interested in one topic or one person, when in reality, it may be another person that was more important than them. Uh, and that's kind of what we get into. I get into all sorts of stuff when it's history related. I just think, you know, I'm sick of being lied to. My, my podcast is called The Great Deception Podcast. Uh, and I like to just kind of uncover and expose some some untruths that we've been taught or told. I think I'm in like the perfect opportunity, like the perfect headspace to take this stuff. I'm definitely the most closed-minded person of the hosts right here. Um, <laughs> Christian guy, and I don't believe in most of the things, right? But I've been researching giants for the last couple of weeks. And when uh, Jeremy was just like the watchers of the Paranormal Network, right when he said the watchers, I just like Book of Enoch and the giants. And I'm just like, like, <laughs> oh, well, you, you know what's crazy, Jake? I, until about a month ago, I this didn't this presentation didn't tie in with the giants. Mm-hmm. But I found I came across uh, a, a gentleman named Paul on what the what the flock TV. Mm-hmm. And he did this whole presentation on the, the Roman god Janus, who is supposedly the progenitor of giants. And that's where giants come from, Janus, giants. Uh, and and so, and he his tie into Star Forts, we'll get into later, but it's funny you mentioned giants because, you know, they, they tie into this as well. Nice. Well, awesome. I'm stoked. Let's do it, Matt. I'm ready. Yeah, all right. <laughs> let's do it, man. Blow our minds. What is a star for? Just do do your thing, man. Teach all right. Me. So we we basically uh, what I want you to think about, and and one of the themes of this is is you know, architecture is frozen music, right? And we have to kind of think about it. And and one of the quotes I found is, "Music is liquid architecture. Architecture is frozen music." So you start thinking about that, and 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 so, you know, we, what are star forts? Okay, I had no idea what they were, but I found this map and I'm looking and I'm like, wow, they're all over the world. There's got to be something to them. And you'll you'll find them in in close to 70 nations. Um, They vary in shape and size, as we'll see as we go through. Um, They're predominantly in Europe. Um, They didn't come to North America according to the narrative and again i always preface this with according to the narrative because i don't really have any proof otherwise um other than some things we'll show in here but in america they came around in in the 1800s mid to late 1800s so where do they start now one of the things i want you i don't know if you guys are familiar with ley lines um 
but when we one of the things that I also am trying to tie these in with is are these star forts tied to the ley lines? How do they do they work with the ley lines? Are they placed? Where's their placement? Um, and so we'll start looking at things like that as we go through that. And, and you start looking at things like sacred geometry. Um, the, the, you know, uh, different shapes that uh, frequencies hold, something called cymatics. Uh, which is a really cool thing that I, I, I didn't really get into ever. But uh, when I got into Star Forts, I'm like, wow, this makes a whole lot of sense. So one of the terms I, wanna, I want you to think about before we get started here is battery, right? And battery has multiple meanings. It's a, it's a, you know, we think of it as a traditional like Duracell battery, right? But then it can also mean like an emplacement for fortified guns, like a fort. Um, somewhere where you can, you know, a defensive position, so to speak. Um, but then when you look at the battery also, though, there's multiple layers to the battery that make it work. And most of the battery is under the surface. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now let's move on to star forts. And what are star forts? So what we have here are, are, is a list of, you know, some of the nations that we'll find them in. Like I said before, it's upwards of 70. And I say upwards of because with Google Maps, people are finding more and more of them or remnants of them, you know, almost on a, a daily basis. You know, um, there's some great channels out there like Autodidactic on YouTube, Um you know, John Levy has done some work on star forts, but, you know, you look at these things and, and what do they look like? Stars, stars, snowflakes, right? I mean, and, and that's where they kind of get the name, but you think about this now, think about this being built in the 1500s. Mm -hmm. Okay. The precision that it's built with the, you know, the, perf the it's just perfect. Right. And, and how would they be able to do it on the ground? without the aerial view because we're told they didn't have the aerial view back then mm -hmm. so this is a, a major feat of architecture so when did they start appearing according to the books it's about the 15th or 16th century um today like i said the number varies but there's anywhere from about 1600 to 6000 star forts that exist today um, and, and like I said, the number could be upwards of 10,000, um, because like I said, they're finding remnants of these things on a regular basis. So what are they? Um, basically, and this is any of the people that are into alternate history kind of laugh when you hear this, of course, they have to tie in Michelangelo with these things, a famous Italian. He supposedly was one of the creators of this. And it was like a defensive purpose. Um, they did it to counter, uh, what was it, cannon fire and things like that. Because if you think about it, and we'll get into this here in a minute, the old structures of the castles, which this is basically what followed from castles. Okay, there were castles that were just these vertical fortifications that were usually, you know, located on a hill and had had minimal um, defensive structures other than, you know, what they're known for is a moat, right? You you're typically have your castle with your moat around the outside and, you know, maybe some killer crocodiles if you're lucky or not. But uh, 
the one thing that the quote that I found interesting um, from this, they said the Renaissance was hypnotized by one city type, which for a century and a half was impressed upon all utopian uh, schemes. This is the star shaped city. So supposedly from, you know, the mid 1500s up through the early 1700s, these things were just, this was the thing to build. Now, you look at these, and I mean, there's some that are just phenomenal uh, structures. I mean, so you look at it, and and for the most part, there no two star sh- uh, forts are identical. You'll see some with similar shapes. Maybe the size varies. Um, so you start to think about, okay, is it just based off the terrain? What are these things built for? Um, and, and did they, the people who were building these, did they have a, a, a better understanding of nature than we do? You know, was there some other reason they were building this other than a fort? You know, one of the things you find that's interesting in, in the books that I've read, or not books, but like encyclopedias, documents, it said prior to 1812, there were a lot more star forts on earth than there are today. Now, anyone that knows history and those who aren't familiar with history, basically 1812, you could almost consider World War One or World War Zero, some call it, because you had the Americans and uh, fighting, Americans and the French essentially fighting against the British and the natives in America. And at the same time in Europe, you had Napoleon and the French battling the Russians, the British uh, on that side. So there was a lot of destruction going on. Uh, in, in 1812, and a lot of these forts supposedly were destroyed. Um, now, like we we talked about before, why did they need the star fort? Well, the predecessor to it was the castle, right? And the problem with these was as the cannons supposedly developed in their lethality, these things were just sitting ducks. It was just a matter of time before enough cannon fire would take out a castle break the walls and you could siege it and and take it over. So what they decided to do was to put mounds around the outside, not only, you know, as a a defensive barrier, but they put them on angles. So it would absorb the cannon fire. Um, And you look at some of these, I mean, some of these you'll notice like this first one here, this one was an existing castle, and what they did was they landscaped it out into a star fort. Um, and then on the, the right, what you'll see here is what's called a star city, where it's essentially an entire town within a star fort. Now, one of the things that you keep seeing around all these star forts is water, okay? And, and one of the things that we know about water is it's very conductive, right? It has a lot of properties to it. It, it, it can produce electricity, it can move frequencies, it can do a lot of different things. And, and that's one of the things that you see in almost every single star fort is, is the presence of water. Were these things expensive to build? Well, not really. I mean, yes, they were from a, a man labor standpoint, but for the most part, aside from the brick, they were using the land as the you know the design um so now the question is how did they move all this 
right? I mean, they didn't have any electrical tools at this time. So, and if you look at these, either they were moving massive amounts of land or they were channeling massive amounts of water to, to fit the land or a combination of both. So uh, the last kind of reason why they created these star forts, if you think about the old castles, right, they usually had the rounded towers. Well, the rounded towers, if you look just essentially south, if you're at the top, uh, is what's called a dead zone. You essentially cannot fire down there. So it leaves you vulnerable from a defensive position. And based on the other towers, they can't cover that blind zone either. So with the star fort now, with all of these different angles here, these are all positions where they could put artillery, they could put defenses, um, arrows, whatever. Now they could cover, there's no blind zones or dead zones, they call them. So that's where we are with the star fort. Um, you know, it, it does have technical names to all of these different little positions here. Um, each one does serve a purpose in, in as a defensive battery, so to speak. But if you, you look at it also, and you look at the shapes and we, we think from a frequency standpoint, we start seeing some interesting correlations between these forts resembling different frequencies and, uh, and not necessarily just being defensive positions, because I don't know about you guys, but this seems a little excessive for a defensive position unless what you're guarding in the middle here is like the most valuable treasure in the world. Um, and, and like I said before, these things were prevalent all over the world. So it's not like these were unique to one area. They were all over the place. So um, unless there was things that were, you know, extremely, extremely important to guard uh, <laughs> these things as defensive position seems like a little bit of overkill. Um, so what you'll see here, these are the slopes, right, that we talked about. So the ground would be down here. You would have to get up this slope. Then there would be a little area, uh, a you know, a traverse area where you could either have troops or whatever. And then you get to the first defensive position, which is the, the ravelin. And then uh, on each, in between each ravelin, you have a bastion. Okay, so these things are heavily fortified. If you think, just think about putting a cannon on each one of these and then throwing some some uh artillery folks in the middle and you know good luck trying to get up the hill and 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 pierce this fort mm -hmm. now on the other side of it these hills um some of them were up to you know 30 yards thick so we're not talking about you know these paper thin walls here we're talking about you know yards of dirt uh stone anything they could find to uh to build these things up um here's a couple cool examples wow. this one on the left here is on in portugal and it's built on a hill and one of the interesting things that you'll see even the hill is carved to match the slope of the fort mm. um all the way down to the base and i just found that to be you know it's just amazing how could they Wild. do that with, with <laughs> such precision um and then we look over here on the right hand side and, and up here on the top is tilbury fort and one of the interesting things about that one is it almost looks as if part of it has fallen into the water 
Mm -hmm. right? Because it's like three quarters of a star over here. And uh, if, if we could look at the whole thing, up here would be the tip of the star. So either they just built the star as is, or something happened and, and, and pieces of it fell. And you'll see that on, on multiple examples as you look at different star forks. Um, and this is what I'm talking about when you say, you know, we're finding pieces of them or outlines of them, because a lot of times, um, you know, post 1800, uh, you know, once the aerial weapons and, and long range uh, missiles came into play, these things supposedly became useless. And uh, so a lot of the times they were just, just destroyed. Um, question for any, you. any questions on any of this so yeah. far? So this one right here in the top left is obviously from the graphic that's number 14, right? Two slides up. Is th it, but is this like on a, a hill of any kind? So it's like as it goes into the next layer, it gets higher and higher and higher, or is it just flat? So they literally have to go through one wall and then the other wall and then the other wall and then the other wall as they continue. It looks yeah, like if you look at this. If you look at this picture, you're gonna mm -hmm. yeah, you're gonna come up and these points right here on on the tip are on one level. Oh, I see. This is the same go up image right here. Up okay. a level here. Yep. And then you get mm. to the middle, and then that middle one is even on another level. So okay. you're going through four layers to get to the center point. Gosh, that's wild. And this what's reminds me of Clash of Clans. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> What a tremendous it's crazy, endeavor. and there are some games where you can build star forts, which is kind of mm. cool. I didn't know that until I I looked into, started researching these things, and and they'll fool you because some of the pictures from the video games look as real as these, mm -hmm. and uh, you know you got to be careful what you put out there. But one of the interesting things, especially this one on the left, notice in the middle, in the almost dead center of it is the highest point, mm -hmm. right? And and when we start thinking about possible. Um, you know, energy and, and, and frequencies and emitting or receiving frequencies, we'll see that there's always, you know, not always, but usually bu buildings that have some height to them that have spires on them, whether it's a cathedral or just a tower. Um, and, and that's one of the common things you will see as we go through these. It's like a wide base uh, radio tower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. And that's where we're kind of looking at. I'm going to skip through some of these because they're just kind of redundant. Um, there are multiple types, right? And they they kind of named them. There's no official names to them. They're, you know, kind of four point, five point. Uh, there are star cities. There's hedgehogs. And we'll go, I'll show you some examples of these different ones. But one of the things I want to, you know, kind of throw out there is, is some of the possible purposes of the forts. Right. Obviously, there's some defensive purpose to them. Now, is there some energy grid or, or energy storage potential at them with the water that's all around them and things like that? Is are they used for some sort of uh, hydraulic engineering or, or water management? Because one of the things that we'll see upcoming here is the fields that surround these things are just amazing in themselves. Um, is it some sort of communication grid? You know, where these things set up in a, in, a, in a certain layout where they could communicate with one another. Now, um, Matt, uh, yeah, sorry, if I if I had missed this, what is the official uh, purpose? Like what it, what is what they're putting out the purpose of these star forts? They are defensive bastion forts. They are batteries. OK, they're strictly defensive positions that were built 
um you know they the french built them uh to keep out the spanish the Mm -hmm. spanish built them to keep out the french and the and the barbers uh and then the americans built them to keep out the british uh supposedly so that's that's the story that they stick to um and 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 what they're saying is basically they spread through colonialism right and as as these colonies were set up um you know the portuguese were known to build these italians uh built them as well so you'll find them all over the world i mean they're on every continent you know there's even some debate that there's some in in antarctica um Mm -hmm. I haven't seen any real good evidence. I've seen a couple photoshops so far, so I, I don't have any pictures of it. Uh, I won't put that crap out there unless <laughs> it's you know verifiable. Thank I'll you. say it. They're in Antarctica too. Yeah, there right, well, is. yeah. There's pyramids down there, so I don't see why not. So, so the official uh, reasoning for this is just the next step or evolution in the castle. Yes. And okay. what they were able to do with these is put them on the ports too, or near ports, right? Okay. So it was almost mm-hmm. as, you know, uh, uh, it, it took kind of a dual role where they could uh, control ports, they could also serve as outposts, things like that. So if I know Matt, so, yeah. like I think I know Matt, that's not what they're really for. That's not what you know, a lot of people I talk to, you know, you start looking at all these things and it's, and, and, you know, as we'll go through this, I, you know, hopefully, you know, I'll open your minds to saying, oh man, maybe possibly it could be some of this stuff, you know, and especially when we get into the frequencies, because I, I didn't, I knew nothing about frequency other than, you know, I'd listened to some healing frequency music along the way uh, for some health issues, but you start looking at this and, and it'll get, a little bit deeper now a little uh one that that i throw out there as kind of a you know a, a laugher and and just really kind of let out of left field is what if these things are kind of a gps of the past right they're just a they're a navigational landmark for airships or something that is up above for air travel um, so so that was one of my first ideas here right because there there are some sharp edges and stuff and i'm not saying that it's impossible for ancient civilizations to build something like this but if you look at one of the more popular theories as for uh pyramids and other like structures that are found all over the world let's just you know go to the most popular one the the pyramid of giza uh they're they're made purposely in line or perfectly in line with orion's belt and even others from vast vast differences in uh, space are also aligned on a much bigger scale with Orion's belt. So I'm curious if there's any aligning, or if I'm jumping too far ahead on you, uh, I do apologize, but I wonder if there's any aligning to any star systems. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it. it. That's an interesting question, and that's something I'm still digging deep into because there's not a whole lot of information like i showed in the beginning about how do these things tie with things like ley lines right Mm -hmm. and how do these would these tie into some sort of uh bigger system right and i i haven't quite found that yet now i've read some stuff about um cathedrals especially cathedrals in france 
and how they their alignment is aligned with some um astrological things um so there's a good tie right there just ley lines in general right uh ley lines is something that we're going to eventually have to spend an entire episode talking about um when you talk about the paranormal uh topics in in general uh john keel was a very popular author who wrote a lot about the relationship between ley lines and some of the odd things such as uh, you know, he, he dug into cryptozoology, ufology, uh, the paranormal, everything. And he was slowly creating this picture with ley lines. Um, I'm not going to dive too far into it, but if these also have a connection with, with, with ley lines, uh, this this could go in a very interesting path uh and and that's where i'm going with it right like i I, my you know and this is is my personal belief i i you know based on what i've looked at i tend to believe that these structures were part of a larger energy circuit right Mm -hmm. the natural energy so they were harnessing natural energy using their frequency shape um, and the way that they were aligned and where they were placed to maximize the energy around them, whether it's, you know, using the water, whether it's using um, the the frequency of uh, the different shapes, right? Because as we'll see, as we go into this, the different shapes um, have different frequencies. And as you uh, per, uh, emit certain frequencies into water, it will take different shapes, and it will resonate at different shapes and resonate at different frequencies. So, uh, you know, that's where I go with this. And and what I think of is, is, is the key is the water, right? You always see the water around these things. And it's a very important thing in life and, and in general. And, and, and so as we look at some of them, it, it gets, they get wild. I mean, this one here is from uh, Italy and it kind of looks like, you know, the wheel, right? You, you start getting into that. And, and this one was built in three stages, which is interesting because you have the initial ring, which is tight with the, the star fort that you'll see kind of around the immediate perimeter. And that was built in the late 1500s, early 1600s. Then you have this second layer that's built here in the mid to late 1600s and then in the 1800s they decided to put the final layer on which goes extends way out it goes you know from the perimeter here all the way out and this one really interests me uh, especially from you know looking at it and and just visually it has so many things that it looks similar to um, and one that comes to mind right away is the Mayan calendar. You know, it kind of looks like that. It kind of represents, you know, kind of looks like uh, CERN in, in a sense. And we'll, I'll show you that here in a second. But what I want you to understand, if you look at the scale here of these walls, huge. Um, you know, compared to the vehicles there, I mean, we're not, like I said, we're not talking about these, you know, eight, 10 foot mounds. I mean, these are 30, 40 foot high walls that are as not, if not more thick than they are high. Just, just massive, massive things. So yeah, here is, is the connection that, you know, if you look at these, 
man, they, they there is some eerie resemblance here. Always with that hexagon shape too, man, which catches my attention. Yep, uh, and you, and you you look here and you got the eight pointed star in the in the calendar, and then uh, but then you go out here, Jeff, and it gets us out to the the uh, the ten pointed the ten star pointed again. star. Yeah, we talked about that <laughs> last night. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, but the, these are just, you know, now he, here's the thing that's interesting. You look at the structure and you're like, wow, man, that's a lot on the top. What you don't realize is, and what I talked about before with the batteries in the beginning, usually more, at, at least 50% of these structures is underground. So hmm. what you see on the surface is surface layer, and then there's more underground. And you look over here on the right and you see we're not talking about, you know, little wood tunnels here. These are vast, extensive brick laden tunnels um, that, you know, they used uh, supposedly as ammo depots and living quarters and things like that. Um, and, and we'll get into some, maybe some alternate uses for these over time, but, you know, you start looking again, these are, we're, we're talking guys, this is underground and this is, you know, pre-industrial revolution. So they were doing this all by hand somehow, uh, which makes <clears> it even that much more fascinating. And they're arches too, so they're incredibly strong. Yes. Yeah. Seen a lot of right? brick. I was going to say in and, that last photo, that's that's some impressive brick laying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you look at that and that's just, mm -hmm. it's master craftsman work. Now you want your mind blown check this out okay this is fort jefferson which is built in the florida keys they took 16 million bricks to build this thing and they built it out in the middle of the ocean so i mean look at the if you see the indenture over here on the lower right look how thick those walls are i mean <laughs> it's just the, the structure itself is mind-blowing and they there shot used that to be one a, spot a, with a cannon and they were like oh never mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you know and, and you think about it though think about how ineffective cannons would be against that you know and that's what they that's the point they got to was that you know they weren't worried about cannon fire i don't think with these things uh Gosh, and and again this one had a huge lighthouse in the middle of it that was taken down you know but uh again it had that spire in the middle that could have been some sort of you know antenna almost if we're looking at it from that perspective hmm. is this the same fort that like is in the pirates of the caribbean like when they go to that spot i feel like this is where they were filming it I could mean, be i've never random. seen one of those I don't know. Random. unfortunately random thought go ahead sorry um yeah so we'll just go through a couple different examples uh this is the four uh point obviously i mean it's self-explanatory it has four points usually these are on the smaller side um and and these can go back uh as far as some of the 12th century they give credit for these ones um and this was mainly had one building in the center of it uh which is interesting so uh, then we move on to the five-pointed, which, again, looks like a star or a snowflake. Um, what's interesting, though, and, and one of the things that I, I found interesting as I started looking at these is, you know, I always wanted to find pay attention to where the tip of the uh, star fort was pointed. And, and if you look here, 
I mean, it, it's interesting that they put it here because it's not out in the water, but it's also not protecting the bay. I mean, I don't see this as a major defensive structure here. Uh, if, if we're looking at it as such, I mean, they would, there's multiple <laughs> land areas to land prior to, to getting to this. So um, this is kind of one of the pictures that I find to, to kind of sh- throw a little bit of intrigue into the, maybe they're not just defensive structures, but you look and I, what I was talking about with the point, if the point it usually tends to be pointing back towards the land. And if we were going to say that these things could possibly be some sort of energy weapon, you would want the point pointed out at your enemy that would be out in the sea or you know, not on the land because they're probably not going to attack you from there. Cause if you've gotten pushed at this point, you're screwed um, from a defensive standpoint. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. It's just one of those things that I think about when I look at these things, because, you know, looking at that, it doesn't seem like it's very defensively uh, imposing. Um, now we look again, look at the precision uh, of it. This is built in the 1600s. And the way that they could uh, work the landscape, um, you know, with such precision, it's, it's just, it's really mind-blowing. Mm. I mean, when I look at that, I'm thinking that water is an excellent barrier. Like, so say, for example, there was a sea landing, right? You have this big old land bridge that's right here. So no one's going to take their ships park it up against that land bridge and then drag them over to then use inside that big old giant moat, which I'm guessing looks like it's probably more than a hundred feet wide, right? That's a huge thing. I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive, but that whole bottom end right there is just a big funnel. So it's just like, sure. If you can make it over this land bridge, we're just going to funnel you into the center point, blowing you apart the entire time. So for me as a defensive strategy, it's, perfect because they would have to abandon their ships on one side then get over on foot and then have to contend with water while everybody has their archers or cannons or whatever all along this wall as it goes in and out and they're just tearing them apart so i i see like even like some of the other ones where it's just you know it's just land all around and then water what army is crossing over the land and think oh we need boats to attack this fort until they come up on it and they realize there's a 30 foot drop and a 200 foot moat and then a 40 foot wall it's just a perfect barrier so if they already had a lake build it right there but i see what you're saying from a a, you know from a land perspective it would be eh you know but from a waterway it would be a perfect defensive spot right there it's like how he was talking about with the blind spots too, right? Oh yeah, that's perfect. The, the, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm looking. Spots. Well, I'm looking at the 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 main star figure, right? That mm-hmm. goes along the moat and everything, and how the the incline, you know, up to what I'm guessing is a modern sidewalk now that probably wasn't there when mm-hmm. it was originally built, um, but not only do you have to cross this water then you have to get up to this steep hill like that looks pretty steep to me and not only that but there's nowhere along this these hills or these inclines where you can hide right i i love that yeah what he was talking about with the with the um 
like the walls of the uh, of the castles and stuff, people used to be able to get like right here, and mm-hmm. then the people, the archers up here, couldn't hit them because they'd have to hang over and expose themselves to get straight down. And right. these circumstances like that, it's probably too steep to climb up, so they're over here at the bottom and they're just angling it, and just blowing, <laughs> just killing if, all of them. It's you, nuts. If you had a decent amount of people mm-hmm. defending this, it would be damn near impossible. It would be, I mean, without modern, mili- you know, military weapons, this is this would be a hell of a defensive stand. And Matt, I am very curious as to where you're going to go. Yeah. Um, because how, how did they from- figure it out, Matt? How did they do it? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> well, well uh, and the other thing too is you're you're absolutely right. Think about it. They're funneling you into certain points, mm-hmm. right? It's not like the castle where you have four corners. I mean. Here, you can't attack the points, really. You have to try and go for the flat side, but that's funneling you into a kill zone, essentially. Mm -hmm. So from a defensive structure, the star pattern is so much better than any any sort of castle structure uh, setup from a defensive standpoint. So it sounds like that if this thing runs, uh, you know, produces energy in any way, it runs off the blood of its victims. Dude, I was literally... <laughs> like, I've, I've been already theorizing about this with, like, delay lines and, like, sacrifice stuff and, like, the blood... Yeah, I'm, I'm already... I'm already there, dude. I'm thinking about it. Well, and, and yeah, and, and if you really want to get crazy, if you're thinking, you know, frequency and energy and, and we can go into... They had, you know, possibly direct energy weapons. You know, you think of things like... Uh, uh, like in the Bible with uh, the walls of Jericho, where they took that down with frequency, with sound. Um, so they they could have had the weapon to prevent you from even getting close to this thing. And and that's one of the ideas I've, I've mulled around also on these is that, you know, the shape of the fort could give out a certain frequency and it could be, you know, used A as a healing uh, purpose for its people or b it could be used as a weapon against its people or any invading peoples so let's let's say that they did have a sound weapon right sound it it, it bounces off of flat surfaces right and you look at the the angles of some of these uh you know star forts here it would it you know th- there's a lot of theories and a lot of proof out there of sound-based weaponry and and when you get more into the infinite rabbit hole side of the soundproof weaponry you get into the past the far history like when did they find when did they start having this stuff um like you said uh i don't know anything really about the walls of jericho uh but from what you from what you said it sounds like uh they were using sound to take take down the wall uh, again, I don't know anything about that. That's they, they walked around the walls for seven days, blowing their trumpets until on the seventh day, the this massive wall surrounding the city collapsed on itself. Really? Yeah. All the Israelites That's... walked around blowing their trumpets until it just. That sounds like a sound weapon, you know, or trumpets. But supposedly they were yeah using ram's horns. Yeah, but like you know, a hundred thousand people blowing their horns and vibrating the walls until they collapsed because it was just deteriorating them but what i'm what i'm kind of picturing here is i'm you know i'm an aviation electrician and i love 
the wizardry of electricity and stuff and uh, frequencies and stuff. It's just, it really, really rocks my, my, my socks. You know, it's, that was so dumb, but anyways, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'm trying to, trying to be appropriate here for, for our fans. And, uh, but it, uh, I'm, I'm picturing like, like a Wi-Fi wave. If, you know, people are listening to this and they're trying to, uh, kind of, understand what i'm trying to say like think of a wi-fi wave everyone knows what a wi-fi wave looks like right it's it's crazy that people know that but they're they're unfamiliar with with sound waves it's very similar to sound waves we understood way before uh wi-fi waves um but they work similar right um it gets absorbed by certain surfaces and it gets deflected by others and when you come across these sharp angles not only can they bounce off of uh something if they're not perfectly dead on but this also looks like they can take a sound weapon and use it against you in in some sort of way and deflect it back to you which is uh especially the ones with the multiple cuts like the the eight-sided star that we're seeing right now on on the, the the on the the screen here may not be as good for it uh but some of the other ones that we saw earlier would be like if you try to come at that with a sound weapon that would be uh that would be not be a good time for you yeah oh for sure you mean because of the angle deflection oh yeah just throw it out that Uh, way you see you see the ones but i mean where you can't even count the the amount of of angles there are on it but yet yet still uh you you can't find a blind spot it's these are pretty interesting this i mean this is this is not matt this is good stuff i'm 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 excited on on a whole other uh level with this stuff like normally you know i'm really into the paranormal and everything uh but this is this is just really cool to see like this old architecture and and think of the uh the possibilities uh you know uh i i'm also a uh a, a shill and a uh, a pog um okay i i'm currently active duty navy so the the whole the whole war thing you know kind of what did i say earlier what was that stupid thing i said rocks my socks there we rocks go your socks, yeah. <laughs> oh war and death and destruction war and yes. death and and just the perfect defense so. in the flowers with their blood. <laughs> use your blood for my flower garden <laughs> oh, they make the perfect cucumbers oh, <laughs> go ahead man i'm sorry man this is this is cool stuff no, and, and these ones are the ones that, that really interest me. And these ones are called the hedgehog, uh, star hedgehogs. And, and this is what I was talking about before. So either A, the other half of this is underwater now in, in the ocean, lake, or bay, whatever this is connected to. Uh-huh. Or they built this with all of the points pointing back towards the land, which is, you know, A, maybe they're just defending from a land attack, so be it. But what you also notice here is you start seeing up on the top, you see these fields. And what these do is these canals that surround the star fort also feed these fields. And what's interesting about these fields is the crop growth rate in these fields is so much higher than the land around them, which I found real interesting. So there's something going on with these star forts and these fields that surround them. Um, because uh 
and, and some of them are quite, you know, extensive. I mean, I don't, I'm trying to see if I can, uh, where did we go? We went the wrong way. Uh, where's the hedgehog? Here we go. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll get it. I'll get back to that one in the fields here in a second. There's just two more types. This is called a megalopolis. And this is basically an, uh, it's think of like Manhattan, mm-hmm. right? And it's just a giant, and you'll see the star structure, little pieces of it still remaining over here. But the majority of this was all surrounded by uh, star walls. Um, and this was built in, in the 1600s. So, I mean, it's just, That's it's massive. so massive. That's massive. Yeah. I, I mean, you just can't comprehend the extent of it and what they have inside is you know it's a city inside Mm. um you know there's this these are also interesting ones these are standalone cities so this is where the entire city is surrounded by essentially a moat a a river a lake whatever it may be but it's surrounded it's built inside the waterway um and there you find these all over europe and and they're really really cool looking things another one's a split um and this is interesting because again it goes back to okay uh, we can look at it was this at one time one large connected and eventually it eroded or it was defeated and and these canals were used and they kind of revamped and and set up here and set up shop this way or were these built this way you know around the canal and, you know, this four point has its purpose over here. And then this guy over here has a purpose. And this guy over here has a purpose. Um, don't really know. But uh, again, you'll see multiple. It's not like a one off. You'll see these. See, um, yeah. Uh, sorry, Matt. Th- this is actually a really good uh, example of what I was trying to talk about before where it could split up sound. So you see. What what would be the strategic point of having these little points, right? You see that you have this big V, and inside the V, you have a pyramid shape. You see what I'm talking about, everybody? Yep. Yeah. So, right, actually, uh, and so come up here. Come down to the very very uh, southern tip. The 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 very short are the very lowest tip on this picture. Oh, down here? Yep. Right. Keep going down just a little bit more and follow this wall up to your left about the 10 o'clock position. You see that right there. This guy right here. You see how every single one of these cuts has one of these in here? What would be the defensive purpose for that without it being a form of deflection of some sort of waves, right? That's yeah. what this looks like to me. Yeah. So you're thinking instead of, instead of the structure itself emitting the weapon, that it's a defense for a weapon being fired at it. Is that what absolutely. you're saying? Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it, just, just looking at it, you know, it, and I've seen this exact structure along these walls and a lot of these examples already today this just just alone shows that there very well could have been sound-based weaponry back then and something like that like what what other purpose could that be like everything here you have everything set up to where there's a purpose for everything Mm -hmm. right the the moats the the 
the uh, the sharp angles, you know, to to create no blind spots to the 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 steep uh, in you know hills and and whatnot. But what what is the purpose for that? That is literally there to break something up. And yeah. what would it break up? The well, they, only thing it could break up is a wave, whether it be a sound or a frequency, you know, a frequency wave that literally looks like it's there to to deflect and break up a, a or or break up a frequency. Well, anybody who's done any kind of sound engineering stuff, you we've all seen uh, acoustic panels. Yes, that have that same yeah. structure. So yes. yeah, you're absolutely right, right. here. Yeah. Look, look at this. Yeah. Look at exactly. This I was gonna say it looks like the soundproofing that's right here in front of me. <laughs> that's exactly at. what it looks like. Hmm. I mean, because yeah. there's no there's no physical reason for it. You know, uh, I mean, I mean, I guess those are where the guards would stand, but also the guards would stand out on the, on the very far tips. That that yep. would be like where you can get the best visuals of everything that you need to keep an eye on inside those little cuts right there wouldn't be the best visual places because you're cut off visually to your left and to your right, you know, by all the other structure there. Uh, but if you're out on the tips, that's where your, your, your structure, your, your visual defenses can, can uh, really thrive. So I don't see any physical reason for that to be there other than to cut something invincible. How much you want to bet that they that someone saw this setup and they thought about making this for like the panels on the F thirty five to to eliminate radar for it and stuff by perfect, having all the crazy angles. That's a perfect and stuff. fucking yeah. example. That's a perfect fucking example. Seriously, seriously, the 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 uh the fucking F thirty five right and you know a bunch of other uh you know fucking uh. Easy with the I've never seen Jeremy this excited. <laughs> he's, he's freaking out. <laughs> a, a, a bunch of visual uh, or a bunch of classified military yeah. aircraft that you know I and know the names too. I really out. can't yeah. say. And yeah, and then like the the LCSs and and shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like they're all these fucking sharp angles. And the reason why is because fucking radars and shit can't pick them up because <laughs> they deflect off of them that's what that shit is man i'm telling you right now that's the, there's no other reason for it there's no other reason for that little bump right there in the crevice yeah no, no other agree. reason so listen listen here's the thing okay matt we got to get to the juice of this <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm watching jeremy freak out right now i'm watching the clock i'm like oh we got to get to the juice of this so like all right how do we tie so, that in with what he's saying right now? Because I'm with you. I'm here. I'm ready. If if you're watch, if you're listening to this on Spotify, stop. Go go watch yeah. this on the Paranormal Network. You need to see Please. what what Matt no idea is. What we're talking about. <laughs> this is going to be the worst audio episode ever. But if you go and watch this on the Paranormal Network, you're in for a ride, Matt. Matt did a great job putting this all together. Yeah. This is extremely impressive, Matt. Thank you. And you get to see Jeremy get all excited like that that was great (laughs) yeah so i mean yeah you look jeremy and this goes to your point look at all these little yeah points it's just like it's a giant deflection system i mean that's what you look at these and that's what you keep seeing over and over again Um, yeah see there's there's the cuts right there there's a whole bunch of them there's even uh uh outverted ones up here there's inverts and outverts Right here. Yeah, you're you're they're creating this for a defense against something that uh from a technology that we don't believe is from that time. 
or so, on the uh, you know my my on the opposite side of it they could be radiating something from within outward they um, could but uh and not as likely not and this is I, i'm curious as to where you're going with this but I'm, I'm looking at this and if this is something that's supposed to amplify or uh produce a wave uh you're gonna have a hard time controlling where it goes uh that you know your directional everywhere yeah i've that 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 is something if if it does go everywhere that that's definitely something that they're going to get that they're going to be able to do with this and it's just like well you know what we don't have technically a a need for a directional shot let's just nuke them with force field bro like you ever seen black panther when they have the force field that encompasses the whole yep city or whatever yeah i mean this is this is interesting stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, and we were talking about, I'll just breeze through this, but I, you guys got to see it just to believe it, is the gardens that they have outside these places. I mean, you look at some of these things and they're just, I mean, for an eyesight, they're just amazing. Phenomenal. They're just geometrically oh, yeah, perfect. I mean, this one kind of looks like the layout of DC if you look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, do you, you know, have a but picture These are that? all gardens that are just outside of these star forts or some are contained within the exterior walls of them, you know, on some of those crazy points out there um, after the fact, but you know, they're just exquisite. I mean, the layout is so unbelievable. Um, Again, here, here's some more of the defensive uh, explanations of it, right? You look at the different points that that they they are. Yep. And, and that's, you know, you look at it and that's, I mean, they're saying it's coming from, and, and it's interesting they use the cannon because I tend to think that if there is a sound weapon, it would be something of a cannon, right? And they've mm-hmm. talked of ancients having these cannon, uh, sound cannons that they would use. And like you're saying, if they're going to use that against these, this is a perfect defense. The, um, the, the best defense against sound or waves or anything is a porous um or a soft material or jagged edges one of the two if, if you're going to have a hard surface then it's got to be ri- rigid and it can't be smooth or it's just going to get destroyed yep uh this is fort McHenry in the united states all right this is where the uh wow. star-spangled banner was supposedly created uh down in baltimore very cool um this is an old one from uh, from Italy. That's just kind of a, a really. I just find these things fascinating. That how cool they are, Gosh. and you know the detail they put into them. Not to um, mention, it's just like even. I mean, we're talking about the defensive angles and all that stuff, but behind those angles, it's not like it's just a wall that's standing alone by itself. Behind those angles is a billion tons of dirt <laughs> and, <laughs> and rock, and, just yeah. like. And how did they anywhere. move it? Right. Where, well, what, what manpower did they have to be able to move this stuff? And, and, you know, I mean, obviously like here you could, you could, uh, you know, drain it, get all the water out and then build, but still, and then obviously undam it and let everything back in. But man, I just, I would love to see how they did it because it's just, it seems outrageous. My question um, is, would it, is it easier to, or would it be easier without any, in, industry type tools that we have today to dig out or to build up so like if they already find a lake that has like a spot in the middle like okay you know dig out flatten it and then you know create it like that but 
building up those walls and stuff, it's like they would have to have the most like perfect spots because I'm I'm sure well, that they're doing both. I mean, just look at well, it. Well, sure, digging but like out and building up. It's a, it's they're doing both. Well, sure, but I mean, like you know, let's say that this picture right here on the right, you know, I can't think that it would be even feasible for them to have found, say, like this structure in the middle. This you know, star fort wasn't there. It was just this lake, and then they angled it all out on the edges and then built up that center it would have had to have been you know just a landmass, and then they dug out this moat around it mm-hmm. but even still i'm looking at these lines and there's so <clears throat> few wavering lines like just on this left hand side wall that moat kind of closes in a little bit on that uh you know i guess that would be yeah that tip right there would it, it gets a little bit close right maybe it's like kind of falling in a little bit but other otherwise it's pretty much perfect spacing wise all the way around and it's just blowing my mind from the very beginning where matt said and as far as we know they didn't have any way to get an aerial view of any of this and it's just like even those gardens i'm like holy crap the math the math alone the geometry to do this is is incredible um, but to kind of point out something that I noticed a little bit earlier too, there, Jake. Sorry, Matt. We're just talking all over you. And... That's no. That's the way this goes, man. <laughs> that's what I love doing this. I love hearing other people's interpretations of it because it's good. That's what this is for. So I've I've noticed in a lot of other ones too that you can see kind of where the modern aspects of it are and mm-hmm. where the ancient aspects of it are. So right. Jeff or Jake, if you're looking at the that tip down there that's that's about like 8 30 right the one that mm-hmm. you were talking about where it thins out and everything yeah. you can kind of see it like a land bridge right there that looks like that's like one of the original areas where like they had maybe guards standing there and that was like your original way to enter and exit this this facility or this this oh yeah you're probably you know right. Uh, and they and built then, up these other ports over here so they could have a freeway going to it in a parking lot <laughs> in a marina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so you, know, you put your carriages over here and then you can, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then, the, you know, you have the modern influences as in like, you know, the the freeway going in and out and the, the nice harbor for the yachts and, mm-hmm. and everything. Um, but I'm I'm curious. So, Matt, I don't know if you have any information on this, but something like this, where the water level um obviously is not very deep under the the ground because this looks like a sea or this looks like sea or like a big lake or something right here but no no matter what this is this is a, a rather large body of water up here to the to the north i'm sitting here moving my mouse like you guys can see it <laughs> <laughs> but i'm talking about the uh uh you know the the 12 o'clock water body of water up here you know the the thing that basically covers the entire top of the picture um that is a, a body of water that's going to determine your your water level i, I can't remember what they what they call it but there's a specific uh term to, that you uh you can dig down a certain amount of feet and hit water right and it should the water be table the water table thank you yeah. yes yeah th- that should be uh you know level with this body of water whatever this body of water happens to be um but i'm curious if they have one of those really uh intense brick underground structures on this because if they do 
that would be a hell of a job to build something like that with a water table that's so close to the surface of, of the you know the 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 ground um so I, I don't know if you have anything on this particular one or anything yeah i don't know on this one specifically i haven't i haven't dug deep into this one you know um but that's something i'm gonna look at now because that's interesting too i never thought about that how it would tie in with the water table um but like i said they from from the most of the information that that we gathered there is what you see above is equal as below so Mm -hmm. we're talking you know if if they're building up on, on top you know, this is, there's probably, you know, 20 to 30 feet below this as well. It's interesting. See, which is crazy of, to think about. I, I brought one of my, one of my biggest arguments about like uh, lake monsters and stuff when it comes to, you know, like I, I believe actually Jeff, I, I think it was on the first time I ever did a, an episode with you. We talked about uh possibly being there they're possibly being a uh, like a sea monster or a lake monster close to where you live and you're like you know you asked me what do you think of the possibilities of that is and i was like pretty much zero uh because you have you know something called a fall line and everything where um on major bodies of of land usually on the eastern side of things uh on planet earth at least you have <laughs> you have um uh, something called a fall line and uh, the west coast tends to be a little bit more jagged and the fall line seems tends to be closer to uh, the ocean but uh, there's a line that basically goes down the eastern uh, seaboard of the United States and it's called the fall line and these are where all your waterfalls are all the way down and it's because if on the the western part of the fall line you have uh large you know the the geological structure of it is large rocks with pebbles and stuff like that and they don't move very often but on the uh eastern side of the fall line uh it's it's very uh small rocks and sand and and loose dirt so as the the earth shifts and everything uh the ground actually you know you have the stuff that's on the western side that's hard and and bed rocky and then you have the sand on the eastern side and as everything shifts it kind of does this right and that's where you know you get the rivers that come off of from the bedrock and it comes down and that's why they call it the fall line is because this this is where all the waterfalls are and jeff was asking me if i believe that that the 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 lake monster near him or the, the river monster near him was something that could be there uh you know, and I first thing I asked him was, is it a closed off body of water? Uh, I, I believe the answer was yes. This was a long time ago. I apologize to anybody listening to this. But I basically said there's no chance because even if there is a cave there in Florida, the entire state of Florida is on the the bottom side, the bottom of the fall line. And it's all sand and, and whatever. And basically, I just took, you know, the for people listening to this, I, I took the information or the, the knowledge that I, I use to determine the legitimacy of sea monsters and applied it to star forts today. Um, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's quite a connection right there. Jeez. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks nerd. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
So here's where I get a little, I, I find it a little interesting. And I have a, a question about the narrative because supposedly in the 1850s alone, there were nine, over 90 starports built in the U S huh. um, varying shapes and sizes all along the East coast. Um, some are small, some are huge, you know, Fort Jefferson, we mentioned earlier, um, you know, you look at Fort McHenry, that's another big one. Um, but you know, these don't have as much of the star shape. I mean, this one kind of even looks almost looks like the Freemason. Uh, yeah, it does. Square mm-hmm. compass. Jeez, yes, it does. Uh, this is the, the Statue of Liberty is on a star fort. Um, most people aren't aware of that. Where's uh, that? Oh, okay. I see it. Right, right yeah. up here. Uh, let me see if I have her. I know oh. I, I you know, did have. What, while you're doing that. Oh, uh, there you, you go. The uh, the U.S. ones look uh, quite half-assed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Compared, so so you 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 getting like the the Chinese knockoff version in the U.S. You right, know, yeah. I mean, yeah. Could you compare these to what we were looking at earlier? And it doesn't it doesn't really compare. Star Force um, from Wish. Yeah, Fort Pulsaki right there is just an ice cream cone. Like it's just it's uh, yeah. oh. <laughs> baseball diamond on an ice cream cone. Yeah. They were much more creative with their shapes in 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 the United States, that's for sure because some of them are just like, yeah, might as well. Well, let's let's see what it looks like. Yeah, um, this is like one of the gremlins from uh, Space Invaders, this Fort Moultrie. You, know, you yeah. know what that makes me think though, Matt, honestly, is that um after like maybe after this last reset that maybe they were trying to like figure out what was actually going on. Like it was like a, you know, like they didn't have the knowledge anymore to build these like magnificent star forts. And they were just like trying to recreate it somehow. Oh, I think, I I think you're absolutely right. I think this is an old technology and, you know, on some of them, we just built on top of what was there previously you know, and in others, they're like, well, this kind of looks like it. Let's see if we can give it a shot. And they didn't have the technology or the knowledge to be able to do it. I mean, like you said, I mean, you look at the angles and all the sacred geometry in the other ones in, you know, from from earlier times compared to this, they don't match up. Hmm. Um. All right. So now we're about to head into the fun stuff. Yeah. So we're going to talk about magnetic fields, auras, and things like that. So, you know, you think about the human body, right? And there's the the, the human aura, right? You have layers out, outward of, uh, of you. And one of the big things during, you know, the Wu flu was keep six feet apart. Well, supposedly our range with our aura is, is about six feet. So you can connect to people that are within six feet around you without even talking to them you know you ever come up you know you walk by someone and you get the hair on the back of your neck stands up there's probably a reason why you crossed auras with them and your body sent you know a little message to yourself so one of the things you start looking at cathedrals you know other churches the pipe organs and the star forts and things like that it's almost as if they're using frequencies and uh to impact us you know and and they it's almost like like you were saying before jeff they had some more knowledge of geomancy you know working with the land of harmonics of of different layouts and things like that and then also you know are these electric like magnetic or you know even etheric type energies uh that we're dealing with here 
who knows? So this is a cool little example I'll play for you here. Um, so this is just adding some gold dust to the surface of water and then playing different frequencies to it and the shapes that the gold takes. Yeah, I've seen this on like where they'll put sand on metal or on metal plates. Oh yeah, we got those them. too. Right, yeah. vibration creates shape and shape creates vibration and and that's mm -hmm. the the key part of it is the shape creating vibration and vibration creating shape because you know those are all things that we hear about also in you know things like we talked about last night jeff like time travel and portals and things like that it's all stuff you get into so we start looking at some of the materials right and this is stuff that i got from uh, a robert borman on youtube he's got a great video on this so i highly recommend you go check it out um and what it is is he, he talks about the rock right and and the limestone or the rock is associated with water and and female energy essentially and then he says in the granite and the firestone is with the male energy so he's saying that the buildings are charged just in the rock alone with a positive and negative polarity. And then he goes into, you know, just like an electrical circuit, it's not by accident that such techniques are identical to those used in the pyramids stone, and the stone chambers, whose geometric and electric properties are also known to have an effect on the human body. So now there's one more. He goes, I had long postulated that the towers were powerful amplifiers of radio resonance from atmosphere generated by lightning flashes around the world. And that's kind of what I was talking about before with the, the you know, having these almost antennas in there. And then I came across this video and I was like, oh, this is it right here. So just watch this one. And this is what you were talking about before, Jeremy. We'll probably have to talk over this because this will be going on the paranormal YouTube, so the audio might get flagged. But uh... Uh, I'll be good. Mm-hmm. Like making fractals, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. This that's see. This is where it gets super interesting to me. Yeah. It's like they they were figuring out what shapes were certain frequencies and what those frequencies energy was tied to and then they would build these structures based off of those frequencies mm -hmm. like i don't know i don't know shit about that yeah, do I? <laughs> well i don't know nothing about that it's just like um okay like let's think about binaural beats for a second right are you familiar with binaural beats jeremy uh, i know what binaural is so basically you can you put like earbuds in and each ear is playing a different frequency. Sometimes they're the same. It's, it's complicated. There's a lot of different ones, but let's just say that there's different frequencies and it's doing the hemi-sync thing. It's literally synchronizing the two hemispheres of your brain, which creates all kinds of physiological uh, effects, right? Mm -hmm. Now, but you can, it doesn't have to just be that, right? Like he was showing with the gold in the water, right? Every free, everything is frequency. So they are tapping into the power of certain frequencies. Like think about people who have used sound, sound frequencies to like cure or like destroy tumors, 
for instance, right? So the structures themselves could be actually like amplifying certain frequencies that like what Matt was saying could be healing or hurting or whatever. This is brain melting. So we, we have a, we have a buddy, uh, Phantom Phil probably would uh, really appreciate this particular uh, part of, of, of this presentation. I don't know shit about it. <laughs> Jeff, you, you said something, man, and it just became scrambled eggs in my, my head, man. Something know. about hemispheres in your brain and tumors exploding. I we'll don't get know. into it. <laughs> <laughs> Blood makes the best cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> Can you guys hear this? One uh, side of the Coke snowflake oh, will yeah, turn yeah. into four. Yeah. After the first repetition, we'll get three times four to the first, or 12 sides. After the second repetition, we'll get three times four to the second, or 48 sides. After repetition number N, we'll have three times four. This is what you were talking about before, Jeremy, with the different points. Yeah. Right? The, more, the more points, the, the different wave it's going to require. Yeah. should have done that line in black <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was just thinking the same thing oh, like, that one's uh, better. there we go yeah that, that looks good regular antennas have to be cut for one type of signal and they usually work best when their lengths are certain multiples of their signals wavelengths so yep. fm radio antennas can only pick up fm radio stations tv antennas can only pick up tv channels and so on but fractal antennas are different as the fractal repeats itself more and more, the fractal antenna can pick up more and more signals, not just one. And because the perimeter of the Koch snowflake grows way faster than its area, the fractal antenna only takes up a quarter of the usual space. But it depends. In reality, uh, we cannot make it smaller than, uh, shorter than first initial wavelength. So it's a starting wavelength is big, we need bigger size. So we don't know what frequency we use, but we can state that we had free energy fractal antenna and the first uh, preliminary wavelength was pretty big. And then it was the lowest frequency was pretty big, but the highest frequency was, you know, insane, infinite. What we do? We just take a normal... Uh, antenna normal line and then we use fractal as much as we can as many times triangle triangle uh, double double and so on but triangle koch is not the only fractal we can use quadrant so i was totally like at at some point when, when i was first asking about the the additional angles and stuff uh i've i've heard of fractal antennas uh before and they do make some wild shapes um and that i was trying to think of that word but I, I was like i can either try to explain this and look like a complete idiot or i can just say uh rocks and socks and uh i went with rocks and socks and then it didn't work out very well <laughs> that visual just like i got i was already getting it but that visual just <clears throat> yeah yeah so it definitely so the way that they that they were explaining it is that it, it 
the the structure itself creates the vibration is is that um i see i i don't know anything about vibrations and i know that there's a whole um there's a whole side of it that a lot of people are really into and if i had any questions i would go to phantom phil or cj one of our old cast members um for for that kind of stuff um in in you know f- dipping into my, my bag of tricks that's that's where i would go um but i don't know anything about that and still from from where i'm at this it still sounds like a defensive thing and it sounds like it's a defensive thing against a frequency of some I'm sort i'm on board with jeremy yeah that that video did something for jeff that didn't do for me i looked over him and he's like i'm just like i'm doing my classic like just squinty eyed mean mugging at the at the thing i've gotten into the the frequency stuff a lot you know like in Mm -hmm. in my own research so this like this part of this makes a whole lot of sense to me right now and i'm sure there's gonna people there's going there's gonna be there's gonna be people there's going to be people that are watching this and it's going to hit with them. You know, this sounds like something that you, you got to do a little bit of research and, and be on the wavelength to understand the wavelengths. You know what I mean? Ah, ZJ, get it? <laughs> that's, that's a knee slapper. That's, a knee, that's better than rocks and socks. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I'm digging it. This is good. This is fun. Yeah. So like you were saying, you know, sound is just vibration in the ether, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we all know the vibrations affect disturbing excite all magnetic fields they reach, you know, right. Including our body, which is predominantly made up of water. Um, different frequencies of sounds and vibrations have different effects on our bodies, right? You can have good vibes or bad vibes. Um, now the interesting thing is cymatics. Okay. So what cymatics does is it takes geometric shapes in, in magnetic fields. Uh, and then when they're exposed, it shows when they're exposed to different frequencies and vibrations. Um, so you look at the different star forts and it's possible that they could have beneficial effects on the area when they're exposed to the right frequencies uh, of sound and vibrations. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those ideas. Now we look at that and what can we equate it to? is Dr. Emoto. And Dr. Emoto, uh, for those that don't know, was a, a, a Japanese uh, scientist who worked with water and frequency in water. And um, he would use different frequencies with water. He would say different words to water and look at them under the microscope and see the different uh, shapes that they would take. So, and we'll, we'll look at that here in a minute, but I wanna, I wanna let you guys take a look at cymatics uh here and this is an oscillator okay so this is it's it's, an old uh, oscope yeah (laughs) oscilloscope yeah gross so when you look at it you know what you see what what i just kept i i you know i hadn't seen one of these in years and then all of a sudden i'm looking at them like holy shit these are all star forts so let's just (laughs) let it run look you can basically stop it at any point in time and find a different star fort pattern you know, yeah. it's, it's so wild, and you just pretty let it run, and you know, these you can basically do all different frequencies, the different patterns that it'll produce. So, yeah. All right, so what did you think of that guy? <laughs> That's Campbell. Oh, it's not an oscilloscope. It looks just like one. 
it's an oscillator <laughs> yeah okay yeah, yeah same difference it's yeah so here's what we were talking about before jeff with the frequency in the sand right so we're going to see different frequencies and uh what the shape that they positive and a negative also you'll see some that are very clear and then when it's fuzzy that means which is interesting because it's actually like if you ever see what cells are doing under a microscope, it's very similar to that as well, you know? And like, I say this a lot on my show that my interpretation of things like the sound of the universe is ohm, you know, whether you're looking at it from a Buddhist perspective or, you know, God spoke the universe into existence. Like both of those things are sound vibration that create yep. these geometric patterns. Yeah. Like yeah, spheres. And... <laughs> I'll fight you right now. That was a flat earth joke for anybody who didn't get it. He was talking shit about flat earth, but that's okay. We'll let it slide. All right. I'm here all night. Yeah, now we we could take a look at this is where it starts getting, you know, we start pushing the limits a little, taking a little outside the box look at this. And this is the Ouroboros, right? It's that that eternal snake eating its tail. And and one of the shapes that we saw in the oscill, you know, oscilloscope was it looked exactly like it. And that was also resembled some star fort patterns. So it starts you know, you start thinking about it and, and what ties does it have, you know, possibly to ancient times, you know, the ancient Egyptians um, could possibly have some ties to this and things like that. And, and you know, you get into the, the God worship and things like that. And so, you know, the goddess of um, this would essentially be Osiris, Um and so we'll we'll start looking at a little bit. Now, this is where I was talking, Jake, before with the Giants, okay? So Paul from What the Flock TV does a lot of work on Janus, who is a Roman god. Um, he's the god of gods, right? It, it's, he, his name means arched passage or doorway. He taught man to make walls to surround a city. Um, and I found that interesting with star forts. Um, he is the God of keys. And if we're thinking about cymatics and frequencies and different keys and things like that, um, he's known as the skeleton key, the light bearer, the Prometheus of, uh, Roman gods. He's the King of the airwaves. So now if we think about what we were talking about before with the frequencies, right? I mean, all of these things that, um, tie in with Janus are things that we found in in the star forts or that could have influenced the development of the star forts um 
And when you think about the arches, some people say that these arches re- uh, resemble a magnet, mm-hmm. right? It's a giant, it, it's a giant inverted magnet right there. So um, they say that they could be transistors uh, that could impact, impact moods or the flow of energy or amplify energy for that matter also. Um, and, and so you start looking at him and the other interesting thing about him, they always showed him with two heads because he was the God of beginnings and endings. Um, so you look at these star forts and, you know, you see his fingerprint on some of it when you look at it. And, and so we go back to, they actually built a star fort for him, um, in Italy. Uh, it was called Numa Pompilus. Um, he built the Ianus Geminis after Janus. Um, it, and so what this was, this was a walled city. And at times of war, they would um, open the gates. And, it, you know, you think about that. What are you doing when you're opening? You're releasing all the energy. And then when it was when the war was done and arms arrested, they would shut the gates. They would close it down and they would keep all all the energy within the walls. Um so it's it's just really interesting how some of this older uh, stuff ties in with it as well. Now, he supposedly was the first king of of Italy, and he founded Genoa. and And Genoa is supposedly uh, he Janus and Genoa is the progeny of the giants. Now, another interesting connection between Genoa Janus is that you know you look at their map here and where their colonies were set up. Um, if we go back to the earlier maps, that's a lot of the areas where there was a high concentration of star forts. Um, so just another, you know, potential loose correlation between Janus and these star forts. Um, now let's go back to the frequencies and, and cymatics and the, uh, Dr. Emoto studies. So what you're looking at here is an ice crystal and on the left it was from severely polluted water on the right it was uh after having been blessed by dr emoto so uh it's it's really interesting what what they find in these different um cymatic patterns now What's you know, I found this little bullfrog, and you start thinking about vibrations and stuff. And well, you watch the frog, and all it does is make a little noise and watch the ripple in the water. Mm. You just see the impact it gets, you know, it's all the way out. And if you're thinking about star forks and how they're on the water, whatever that frequency they may be you know, absorbing or emitting can be using the water as well. They're capsizing ships with just massive swells. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I mean, the possibilities, and that's what it makes you start thinking about lighthouses too, because they said that the lighthouse that was tied in there wasn't essentially a beacon for uh, light to bring things in. It could have been a direct energy weapon to used against entering ships. And if these, you know, lighthouses work <laughs> in conjunction with the star forts. Now you, you have quite a massive weapon on your hands. Think about this, Jeremy, like, cause you, you kind of said it, right? So these, these star forts have these fingers, right? And you were like, well, like a wave energy weapon would have to like 
push it from like a flat surface, right? It comes out yeah. from that that point. But this would be just, you know, going all over the place, right? And I thought about it. We'll just spray it everywhere, right? So if these fingers are sticking into the water and they're all emitting this frequency, chopping up the water, you know, ships can go over a wave, the crest of a wave and down it like that. If it's just all over the place, just, you know, capsizing yeah. these ships and stuff. So what if there is something to it like that? Maybe. Like it's just like just destroying the the surface of the well, water from all different directions. And you hear about that, you know? right, Jake? In in like ancient Roman myths or Greek myths, how all of a sudden <clears throat> this storm came out of nowhere and just swallowed an entire fleet. Mm. You know, and it's it's almost something that's like biblical, and it, it almost you know makes you wonder if the tunnels was, underneath these things they're banging yeah. a bunch of drums and holy sending shit. all that crap out into the the water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's crazy so you think Eats. about it like <laughs> along those lines yeah so you look at this guy and what all he has is he has like a metal table right and he's going to put salt on it and then he's going to take these different instruments and just drag them on there and and watch the effect of the frequency and the vibration on this stuff it's really amazing what just a slight variation in frequency will do to the pattern and the way it impacts everything. He's going to grab That's a different cool. instrument. have a mind after that. <laughs> yeah. What's left of it, right? Wow. And again, look, that looks exactly like that star fort we looked at before. Yeah. With the different points on the outside. He's going to do one last one. with water in it. <laughs> well, like, dude, you think about, like, uh, all ancient cultures, right? They would, like, have hymns or, like, they would do, like, uh, Gregorian chanting or, like, all kinds of things or, like, even what Matt was saying with, like, organs in the church, right? Like, they were always... It was always to invoke these frequencies on the human body. And even inside these giant cathedrals, the inside of the structures were very... What's the word? Like, acoustic... You know, they were built with acoustics in mind. So you'd be playing on your organ or singing your hymn, and it would be causing these frequencies, and that would be doing things to every cell in your body. I mean, that, that's what they do today. That's why all the popular songs all sound the same, all have the same beat, all have the same acoustics. Yep. It's yep. because it's supposed to be encouraging something in your brain to want it and to desire right. it and to want more of it. Well, yeah. And if you think about that, Jeff, like you're saying, I mean, we go to the church windows, right? And they have sacred geometric shapes usually, and they were known to resonate. Now, if you put one of these, right, these cathedrals or churches in the middle of a star fort, play that organ, those windows supposedly are emanating that frequency out. And then it's going to be maximized by the, um, 
uh, structure itself, right? The uh, the star fort itself, the shape of it. Because as we'll see, there's different uh, here in a sec. We'll see there's different shapes for different frequencies, and there's a possibility that these star forts were some sort of frequency harnessing or or you know used as like a healing center, right? They didn't have doctors hospitals back in the day you went to church right you went to the cathedral and you got frequency healing and uh you know maybe it's a possibility but so if we again if we look at the water right and that's what we were talking about before you look at all the this is what people would say to the water right and this is the reaction you would get from the water in the shape that it would form and you're getting all these positive things like honest respect love and gratitude and then you get i cannot and it's broken, right? It looks like a half of a perfect star, and then it's just dissolving away. You get to I can, it's a perfect geometric shape. You get to I love you, same thing. And then you get to stupid, and it's just a mess. This is your brain on drugs. Yeah, basically, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and, and these are just, again, there's another just... What you are looking at right now is not CGI dynamics. or computer animation. It is simply a bowl of water with sound playing beneath it. Cymatics is the science of revealing the architecture of sound. Here we have sand on a metal plate. And if you change the frequency of the sound, you can see complex patterns forming. Zooming in even closer on these patterns, you can see what looks like galaxies. The Sufi mystic Hazrat Inayat Khan said, Divine sound is the cause of all manifestation. The knower of the mystery of sound knows the mystery of the whole universe. It has also been said that sound is architecture frozen in time. So you may want to ask yourself, what type of invisible architecture are you embedding into your subconscious with the music that you listen to? I want you to really, really think about this. pretty wild but yeah so if you think of these star forts i mean maybe you know like we talked about before is it possible that they were connected a a larger network and they were shooting these frequencies out to people you know whether they were healing frequencies or whatever those people were deficient of in that area that star fort could supplement it with a frequency type healing does anybody else have just a black screen no Hmm. no What's going on with me? Not I, sir. Hmm. Yeah, I just had a black screen. Can you still bless? No, I can't see anything. Did you turn off your monitor? (laughs) (laughs) Is the computer plugged into the wall, my friend? No, it's got power. Unplug it and plug it back in. It's a laptop. Well, take it apart and put it back together. You guys keep going. I'm going to... Restart my laptop and I'll I'll rejoin. Yeah, sure. All right, bye. Yeah, so these are just some different shapes, uh, some different frequencies, right? And these are different planets. Again, you see remnants of star forts. The one I found was kind of interesting. The moon kind of looks like the uh, good old CV. So, uh, but yeah. These are just different uh, frequencies. And then we start looking into, okay, you start looking into the different geometric shapes and frequencies that are produced. And then we look at the rose windows in cathedrals. And uh, 
you know, are these windows set up so that that cathedral would either en emanate out to the town or harness within um, a certain frequency that could be used to heal people and things like that. That's just uh, one of the many possibilities we have out there. So, uh, you know, and you, you see that these star forts, they really do start to resemble, um, you know, these different patterns and you know some people say yeah they're just a uh you know they're just a defensive structure that's that's all they are and i can see that yeah but... man, don't be such an extremist dude these are just castles dude. <laughs> yeah you know i mean it's just it seems like i mean you look at this, something like this and it just seems like an awful lot of work for just a fortification that's amazing dude honestly. i want to right? that is something insane towards the cathedrals that's absolutely incredible but i want to say something towards the cathedrals so when rome adopted christianity a lot of the roman influences and traditions and things were brought in as well so if they were already into the whole frequency thing then it makes sense that these massive cathedrals and stuff would also have the same sort of influence so i mean if they were already already doing that sort of stuff and then they adopted christianity but put their own like flair on it and stuff um, and you can see that in some of the, the practices and things and how it lines up with, you know, Roman paganism. And like, they're, they're always like, oh, Easter was a, you know, pagan holiday and all kinds of stuff, right? You, you see the, the parallels. Well, if they were already into the whole frequency thing and harnessing it or uh, expelling it or all that stuff, then it makes sense that you could see the geometric shapes inside like the stained glass windows or inside the structures of the buildings and things like that. Um, that it would affect in certain ways like that. So could there have been a reason, you know, a, a, a deeper meaning to it? I mean, you know, I, I have no idea, but it is, you know, to me, it's not a, um, it's not a, like a, ah, I gotcha sort of a thing. I'm just like, yeah, probably, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's one of those, cause you think about it, you walk into church and there is a different feeling in those cathedrals. I mean, I, I went into St. Patrick's cathedral in New York and, it was like, like no, nothing I could describe. There was just an energy in there that you just felt as you walked into the building. And then you, you feel those organs play and it just reverberates throughout your body. And, mm. and th there's gotta be something, you know, when you think about your body being, you know, between 70 and 80% water and the, the effect that frequency has on water that we saw in those, uh, those slides, I mean, it's it's hard to say that, you know, frequency could not affect. Now, to what extent these buildings or these structures were used, you know, to emanate or or harness frequencies, that's what we're just throwing out there trying to see see what possibilities there are. Because, you know, you start looking at different things like cymatics and uh, and things like that and and the way that certain things react and and like jeremy was saying you look at these and yeah you can see there's definitely defensive there is a severe defensive advantage to these structures but in a lot of cases it just seems like an awful lot of work to hmm. do these you know just just a defensive structure i mean the statue of liberty but, one is pretty lame but yeah it's just yeah. flat on top well i mean it, it steps up but yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, New York, the New York ones, for the most part, I mean, Fort Gibson's another one here. It, it's kind of lame. In New York. <laughs> I mean, they didn't come up with the best. They just kind of put them out in the middle of the water and said, yeah, there you go. But, uh, you know, you look at some of the older ones and they're just really amazing. I mean, this one's interesting because there was originally a castle and they decided to build up around it. And, uh, and then in during the Napoleonic Wars, it got destroyed. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of these things are just, they're wow. works of art. Yeah. But yeah, so that's, that's my, uh, look at star forts, you know, I'm not, I'm not claiming to have any answers. And I've had a couple people DM me on other presentations I did that were really butthurt that you would even consider anything, but they were defensive positions and they were used as bastion forts and, you know, how dare you? So, Hey, it is <laughs> Those what it people is. are lame, dude. Okay. Cause honestly, man, like this is not the first time that you have shown me a presentation that was just like, mind-blowing you know and again like i was already like like i got the idea beforehand right like you know you i mean we've talked about it i've talked to other people so i had like a, a broad idea of this already but when you see it especially the way that you've got it lined out here it definitely hits a different kind of way you know so this is amazing that was cool this is really cool you, this good. was this was a totally different episode that we've ever done uh, i mean we've done some stuff that's kind of you know on the fringe of the paranormal you know when we deal with multiple universes and and physics and stuff like that we've you know time travel we've done some pretty cool things but this was a totally different thing like i like i'm i'm already trying to think about how i'm going to categorize this on the website i'm gonna have to create a new new category for you they're met lost, <laughs> lost history man lost history or hidden lost history, history. you know you yeah. categorize it with things like atlantis or any of the lost civilizations even in my opinion yeah i mean that's again that's why i said earlier you know like i i feel like a lot of the stuff that matt puts together um at least in my mind i put it in that like lost or hidden history uh, category because that's pretty much exactly what it is man yeah no this was cool and for those that are watching on uh the paranormal network that's you know because we're still sort of new and here i am spoon feeding you guys again um we <laughs> um we don't just cover the paranormal we don't just cover you know ufos aliens yes we do this was an outline ghosts, Tell us to them. It, 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 it is <laughs> but we also never dive done anything like this before we dive into physics <laughs> And ever since we've had Jeff on as a co-host, we've dove into similar subjects. You know, we've 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 dove into uh, the George Guidestones, Atlantis. I mean, there we're not a, a one-trip pony. We we dive into all aspects of the unknown, and uh, unknown history is is definitely uh, definitely within our wheelhouse. And Matt, you did a fantastic job on this i am very curious as to what the uh the five hour presentation looks like um i'm gonna have to try to uh try to track one of those down if, if you've done it on a podcast or on a youtube video before um cool man that was cool what, i'm you glad you guys this? enjoyed it man yeah this is one of those topics that you know you say it to somebody at first and they're like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And then you get into it and you're like, no, no, just 
just listen to it for a second. And, and as long as you got an open mind, man, this is a fun thing to go on. Cause you know, from like I was saying before this, this is kind of can hit on a bunch of stuff because there's rumors that these were built by giants, right? There's rumors that these things were uh, part of, uh, they were batteries, literal batteries that worked with each other on a, you know, ethereal grid of a natural earth grid to, you know, to produce frequencies and keep the earth in balance. And as these things slowly got destroyed, our natural balance on the earth went away. And now we're at a point where we are today, where things are so chaotic and uh, out of whack of our natural way that, hey, man, maybe they had it right and, and we, we're doing it all wrong. You never know. Jake, did you have something? Yeah, uh, you call this a, a bastion fort? That's one of the names, okay. yeah. I agree with that to an extent, but I believe that well, – I, I think that it's very interesting that these things seem to have a very fractal-like appearance or in the many examples that you showed us, the sound waves with the sand and the water and all that sort of stuff, that they seem to be emulating that before that could really be um, observed in a in a really good way, right? Like we can see a recording. We can watch it over and over and over again. We can slow it down, speed it up, do all those sorts of things. I'm sure they at one point saw a frog and the way it was emanating that, you know, those sound waves from its body inside of a, a pond and stuff. But to be able to emulate that in the structure of a design of a fort and stuff like that, you can't deny that it would seem that there was an ulterior uh, or alternate motive towards building structures like this. And uh, yeah, if you, if anyone's listening and they don't, believe that sound waves or or that sort of stuff can have any effect on your body go find a someone with someone with subwoofers in their in their vehicle and try to get the brown note and watch yourself watch you crap your own pants it's crazy like you know it just <laughs> ruin you. I, I did it one time adjusting my subs and i was just like started getting nauseous and i couldn't figure out what was going on it was all of a sudden and i realized that that low vibrating hum was just destroying my guts and, uh, you know, and also I, I wanted to clarify because I feel like I'm, I'm, I might get some hate mail. I meant the um, Easter celebration with the eggs and the rabbits and all that sort of stuff. It's like, why are, are Christians celebrating that when it's a pagan holiday, right? Or it has its origins in, in paganism. So, um, but yeah, the, the influence of that, those cultures had on each other, like, and even to your point, Matt, um, the internal structure of these cathedrals, most of them are very dome shaped on the inside, whether, you know, they all have these various types of arches and stuff. Now you could say that that's for magnetic field reasons or whatever it is. And we could speculate, you know, uh, forever. Um, but certainly when it comes to music and stuff, right, the, the sound waves are going up and they're hitting those structures and they're coming back down, right? They're coming back down on the on the people and stuff and so i i would side with you on it that it has a purpose other than just a cool way to design a building or a very strong way to design a building which could be both right um but yeah i dude i was digging this i was digging this presentation if nothing else i really enjoyed seeing all the really cool architecture i mean that's one of the <laughs> coolest things about being in the navy so far i'm getting ready to get out and going all over the world and seeing these you know massive cathedrals right 800 year old cathedral they're still holding mass in and we're walking around looking at all the stuff <clears> and um you know all the castles and everything but you know to to see all these 
you know, structures where, I mean, we're looking at drawings and that's one thing, but to see an aerial view of some of these forts built at a time, like you said, when there was no way to get an aerial view as far as we know, unless they built a super tall tower on one side and were able to figure out the angle and be like, okay, well, it needs to be, you know, like this. Um, but it's just like, even still, you know, building these, what seem to be perfectly straight lines and perfectly symmetrical edges, you know, along these things and the amount of earth that had to be moved or, you know, whether that was dug out or put in, it's just absolutely incredible. And yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't look at the research that you did and, and what other people are saying as far as like how, again, the sound waves work for other things and say that looking at these structures and looking at that, that there can't be some kind of correlation and have my mind just block it off and be like, nope, no way. You know, I'm not closed minded enough for that. Right. So it's, it's very intriguing. It's very interesting. And I'm so glad that you came on and, uh, and shared this with us. That's pretty, it's pretty wild. <laughs> pretty wild so i i got a few questions um ma the majority of the water used in the moats do we know if that's salt water is this something that's common close to the shore or is this something also found inland i know that you had the map up at the very beginning but i'm gonna be honest with you i, I wasn't expecting like i wasn't really um I didn't really know what I was going to be looking. Okay, so it looks like it's a pretty, pretty good sprawl. You'll, you'll see a, a, a for the most part they tend to be inland, right? Um, but you know you're getting a mix here. Some of these are on the ocean. Some of these will be you know on, on the internal coast. Mm -hmm. but, so you're going to get a mix of both salt and fresh water. Then that's another thing to kind of keep in mind here too is that not every single star fort could be used for the exact same purpose. Um, so you know, when you started talking about the batteries and everything, uh, one thing that you need inside of a battery is an electrolyte, and uh, one of the you know, an electrolyte is salt water, you know, water with or some sort of other mineral in it, uh, not, not too hard. Um, and then basically all you really need is two dissimilar metals or um, uh, or two pieces of lead. And you have yourself a battery as long as you have um, some kind of acidic or electrolytic uh, fluid in there. You can create a battery which creates energy and, and whatnot. Um, so that, that kind of you know you have to kind of divert a little bit away from that when you go inland unless it's in a mineral rich area and there is a an acidic which which jeremy these are said to have been on a lot of these um uh, th there's a guy out there andreas azertis and he said that a lot of these are sitting on rich mineral deposits so and that and that, um, that could be you know some there could be something here you know could those moats not necessarily just be there for defense but could they be amplifiers because another thing that you have to kind of realize too is that waves not just the waves on top of the ocean but sound waves move extremely far if you remember if you go back to our our bloop and julia sounds mm -hmm. episode we were talking um yeah i know jeff shut up um <laughs> love you that's it <laughs> um <laughs> 
So I, I wouldn't have called that. I thought it was only been an hour. <laughs> it's nuts. That's crazy because it just melted away. But anyways, like I was saying before Jeff really interrupted, um, <laughs> is uh, so I, I can't, I believe it was the bloop, which was uh, supposedly off of the, the, the Western coast of South America, but was picked up by microphones or uh, water microphones, whatever they're called, mm-hmm. sub, sub phones or whatever, uh, over 2000 miles away. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, you know, was there another reason other than just defense for water being placed on the outskirts of these star forts? Uh, water is an amplifier for a lot of different things, especially when you're going into sound waves uh, and frequencies and, and, and the such, you know, think of electricity. You know, um, when electricity hits water, it is a con- it is a conductor, mm-hmm. and uh, although it does eventually dissipate, it is strengthened by the influence of moisture. So, it's it's definitely some interesting stuff here, Matt. He got me going. I I it's uh I see the, I see the mouse cool. turning. The mouse is moving in the wheel, man. He's moving around. It is. It's it's definitely some very cool stuff. I've I, never I, seen Jeremy react like he did for that one part where he started freaking out and like, <laughs> like flopping in his chair. I've never seen him react to that like that in any episode we've done. Almost a hundred now. So All right, we're getting yelled at. By nah, this is some stuff. cool stuff, you know. It's yeah. something different. Not and and Wild. you know, like I said, some people have an open mind and they're like all right i'll listen and then they're like yeah this is cool and some people are like ah okay yeah i see it or i don't but yeah i'll listen to it which is cool and that's why you know i just want i like seeing reactions like jeremy's or or jake when you're like yeah i could see that being a possibility is you know i'm not going to close off to it and that's the point of this just getting Mm -hmm. people thinking and looking at and and on top of it, you get to look at these cool old structures, you know, and, and <laughs> I, I, I eventually plan to hit some of the ones in, in the U.S. and try and see if I can get a tour of them and, and check them out and get some actual feet on the ground and see what they're all about. Because, man, they look just unbelievable. Pull the tour guide into a side room and be like, tell me about the batteries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's know. Come on, man. No bullshit. Let's, let's get real here. <laughs> Where do I buy the blood cucumbers? <laughs> um no i mean it is definitely cool i'm sorry jeff but it just it just keeps coming up you know why is the base of the statue of liberty a star fort is it there for the protection of the statue is the statue one of those beacons that you were talking about in the middle of a star fort um plus it's made of metal symbolic in some (laughs) sense well the statue of liberty is not actually a woman which a lot of people don't realize it's actually a man and most people are starting to think that it is the statue statue. of liberty is the babylonian goddess it is lucifer well look it up i'm gonna take jeff into the back room later look it up remember when i told you to look up weather modification and then i broke it down and you guys were like okay just go look it up, dude. See, that's another topic that we got since Jeff was weather modification. See? Two, See? Two out of, what, 95? Whatever, dude. Anyways, listen, <laughs> anyway. Matt, Matt, this was awesome. I know we went, we went long. Kenzar hasn't said Kenzar, her final thoughts. Kenzar, go. Kenzar has, Kenzar's just been 
I'm just, I'm so amazed by all these. I found, I found this starforts.com website and I'm just looking at all the different like aerial views of all these different starforts and they're just incredible. She's doing her own and research. And I'm baffled. She's not even, she's just over here doing her own research. I was I'm doing listening. the same thing. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm, just like, listening. I'm just so baffled by all of this. I don't even know what to say. It's just so incredible. I'm just messing with you, Kenzar. Yes, it this is. It's been lots of fun. Thank you so much, Matt. Oh, I've my actually pleasure. quite enjoyed this. Good job, man. That's good job, cool. Matt. Cool stuff. You done good. And if you ever get more information, I know that you said you have a longer uh uh thing. Please uh let Jeff know or reach out to us um and be like, hey, I got some some more stuff that I think you guys would like. We'll have you back on, man. This, I mean, if we mm-hmm. could build onto this, I, I, I've got. Yeah, this is one of those two <laughs> where uh, you know I don't, I, I didn't, I, I thought I was done with Star Forts. I did, I did my podcast on it. I think back in like October, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be done with it. Maybe I'll go on a couple shows, and but along the way, in the other stuff that I'm researching, it keeps coming up. So it's one of those where I keep adding to it, and and new stuff keeps coming up. So yeah, if I find any cool stuff, I will definitely let you guys know. Well, I do appreciate it, and what I mostly appreciate is Jeff squirming in his chair because he's got to go night night because he's got to wake up for work tomorrow, and he's getting mad at us. But <laughs> yeah, old big bad Jeff over there needs to go night night. Whatever, <laughs> your, bro. All right, your bald head on your soft. Whatever, for the week, Jeff. Thank you so much, Matt. Thank you for coming here. And this is, oh yeah, my pleasure. Blowing our minds. Thank you for That's having awesome. me. Absolutely. Absolutely good it's stuff, always, man. Always good, good to talk to Matt. Um, thanks for having me on your show last night again. And uh, yeah, dude, I mean, I don't really know well, how to end these. Jeremy's got to do the outro because I'm terrible with it. Well, before we do an outro, we got to let Matt tell everybody oh, yeah, where course. they can find him and, and hit everything he's got going on. The mic is yours, Matt. I mean, we took up two hours of your time. So go ahead and do another two hours of telling everybody where they can find you. And Jeff just won't go to sleep tonight. yeah man uh thank you guys again this was awesome i love uh meeting new people and and jeff so thanks for inviting me and and hooking me up with you guys because this has been a lot of fun uh you can find all my stuff on uh the great deception podcast i'm on you know all the major podcast platforms uh you can find my youtube channel is the great deception podcast i put some of this stuff out there some of it gets taken down um but it is what it is. My Instagram page is a lot of cool stuff like this. I do a lot of old buildings and, and uh, you know, frequencies, old world stuff. So you can go check that out at the Great Deception Podcast. And uh, I just started a, a Patreon, if anybody's interested, where you can get all the videos for the Monday Night Master Debaters, which is another show that I do every Monday night. <laughs> um and uh, those are a lot of fun. We get three to four other podcasters together and uh, just whatever comes up, we talk about. So it's kind of the the uh, the anti intellectual conversation, but it is what it is. So, uh, yeah. And and then uh, we just started a I just started a little merch store. So if you make it to my Instagram, click on the link tree and uh, I got T-shirts with some old world buildings on it. And uh, there will be a Star Fort one coming soon. So that's Sweet. next sweet thank you guys very much no uh thank you thank you um all right well that has been another episode of the infinite rabbit hole podcast 
I'd like to say thank you to all the travelers who are joining us on your audio platforms and the visual one with the Paranormal Network on their YouTube page. Again, if you are listening to this episode, I highly recommend you to re-listen to it visually with your eyes. Listen with your eyes <laughs> on the Paranormal Network YouTube channel. Um, other than that, we are, let's see, this is going to be episode 97. So we are three episodes away from our 100th episode. What are we going to do? We don't know yet. Honestly, we're we're still debating. That's how half-assed we are. Um, but that's it. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Matt, one more time, thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you next time in the next path of the Infinite Rabbit Hole. Bye. 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 You got to say bye, bye, Matt. You have to. Bye. There it is. <laughs> <laughs>